Does your partner share your secrets with their family? Or maybe they tell your mother-in-law everything. We're tackling this issue in today's episode. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. This question comes from Alicia. Hi, Dr. Tracy. I find my husband is quick to go to his parents to ask them what to do before making our own decisions. For example, when choosing a school for our daughter, it became a discussion with me and his family. I don't mind getting their opinions and advice on certain things, but think we should at least have discussions between us before going to them. I often feel like I'm the bad guy when we don't go with their ideas or suggestions. I feel my husband is playing both teams and it makes me feel incredibly awkward. I want to know how to successfully address this issue. I'm good to hold on to my decisions regardless of what I am told to do, but I am feeling ever increasing tension between myself and them when we used to have a close relationship. How do I ensure that my husband and I are able to make decisions independently from his parents, but at the same time, not completely shut them out? Alicia, thank you so much for sending me this question as I know so many people experience this in their relationships. I want to open today's chat to be more broadly to anyone who has experienced the struggle with their partner going to their parents, or as some of you told me, maybe it's actually you that go to your parents rather than you and your partner turning inwards and being that team and united front. Today's podcast is going to be one where I invite you, the listener, to do some self-exploration. There are going to be some questions for you to explore yourself, to explore your partner's experience, and also the dynamic between you two and also their family. Let's start with some of the difficulties that could show up in this dynamic. First, you could start to see that this impacts you and your partner's relationship. You might feel that there's a loss of trust between you two. You might feel like you're not able to share things or turn towards each other. This is going to be one of those situations where if you and your partner are not feeling good together and this is happening, then we want to start addressing this. It could also impact your relationship with their family. Ultimately, if our values as a couple, as a family, is to be close and connected with our extended family, we want to also make sure that there's a space that you can feel okay with their family. And if your partner is turning to their family for guidance and advice, it might lead to more tension and conflict between you and their family. I'll give you two troubling scenarios about that in a moment. And then the other piece here is that it could impact your partner's relationship with their own family. Okay, let's talk about those two troubling scenarios that could take place in your relationship. So let's talk about triangulation. And triangulation is when an issue between two people is not being discussed. And so instead, let's say your partner and you are trying to work through this school situation or a decision in your marriage, but instead of them coming to you to talk about this issue, they then go to 
their mom. So then that issue is not being addressed with you and it's being turned to your mother-in-law. If you are more of a visual person, I invite you to get out a piece of paper and I want you to write your name on one side, draw a straight line to your partner's name. Now, what happens in triangulation is that that line between your partner starts to become tense. So draw a squiggly line between you and your partner. And then to make the triangle, put your mother or your mother-in-law or whatever family member is part of this dynamic. Now, what happens is that when your partner goes to their mother-in-law, draw two lines to make that triangle. That strengthens their relationship there. And then what could end up happening is that it could then be strengthened between your mother-in-law and you. So then draw two solid lines there. So you should have a diagram of a triangle and between you and your partner, there should be a squiggly line there. That squiggly line represents that tension. So if we take Alicia's example, say that Alicia is trying to work things out with her partner, but then her partner goes to his parents, then his parents' relationship is strengthened, but then the problem is between Alicia and her husband, you are not strengthening that bond between you two. And instead, what could end up happening then is also your your in-laws, your mother-in-law, then coming to you and saying, well, why aren't you doing this? This is what we think. You should be doing this. And so then there's an opportunity in the situation of triangulation where that other person outside of your relationship then becomes part of conflict, strengthening their bond with each of you, but impacting the bond between you and your partner. Another example from the community was around one DM that I received that this person said that their mother-in-law, when they were together, started talking to her about her husband's health and how he was doing. And what she ended up doing was saying, if you are concerned about your son, you need to go and speak to him about this and that it's best not to speak to me about this. Because what was happening is that instead of the mother-in-law going to her son saying, how are you doing? I'm concerned about you. She's then asking her daughter-in-law to then create tension between her and her husband. Let me give you another example of what triangulation could look like in your family. Here's one that came from the community. She said, my husband complained to his parents about his sister and they're planning an event without including us and then later inviting us. It was like the second time he brought it up, but more like a vent or a complaint. His parents then told his sister about this and she called and it didn't go well. I don't think his parents handled this right. It seems they should have just told him in the moment to talk to his sister, not to them, but then they could have apologized for being part of it. With regards to this situation, yes, absolutely. This is an example of triangulation between a brother and a sister and that getting into triangles creates more conflict in families. And so I would agree with this person who wrote in. Ideally, it would have been better if his parents had have said nothing to his sibling and instead said to your partner, hey, this is an issue that I trust that you and your sister can work out together. Avoiding these triangles in the long run also avoids getting into more conflict and difficult patterns in relationships. Let's talk about the second common thing that I see happening in this type of situation, and that is scapegoating. Now, scapegoating is defined as a person who is blamed for the wrongdoings and faults of others. So here, one person becomes seen in a negative light, um, or they're always talking about you in a negative way, or the mistakes of the family are placed onto you. So for example, let's go back to you and your partner. 
And you're talking about this decision around school. If your partner then goes to their mother and says, well, we're really struggling with their issue, this issue. We're not too sure what to do. And Alicia is saying, da, 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 da. So then what could happen is your mother-in-law then starts to see you as the bad guy and say, oh, well, this must be Alicia's problem. So the other thing, here's another common example I see show up, is that your, your partner then decides to set a boundary with their mother and say, we're not available to come for Sunday night dinner. Alicia doesn't want us to do that. And so what happens here is that you and your partner are no longer a team. Your partner is sharing this intimate information between you and your partner with their mother, and then you are becoming the bad guy. You're becoming the bad person in this scenario where then your mother-in-law starts to think, oh, well, my child never used to set these boundaries before. It must be because of Alicia. And so this is another tricky dynamic that we want to make sure that you and your partner are a we, you are on the same team and that you're making these decisions together so that you are not the bad person. You are not blamed for these things. You are not seen as an outsider. You and your partner are doing this together. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom, and instead, my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me, and these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable, and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code Loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's shrink, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. 
Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality but the best part is that if you're worried about commitment enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all of your purchases head over to cozyearth.com and use promo code shrink for an exclusive 35 percent off and give the luxury she deserves with cozy earth So I'm going to shift gears now and talk about what could be happening for you, for your partner, the dynamics of the relationship, and then maybe what you can do moving forward. So I want to start with you and I want you to ask yourself, depending on the situation, what is it about what's being shared with my in-laws is triggering for me? Is there a specific topic? Is it something that's shared in general? I ask this question specifically because for some people, there can be a lack of confidence between each other. There can be a lack of trust of being on the same team. So I'm wondering here if there's an element of feeling like your opinion is not important or that your partner doesn't trust you, or maybe you don't trust them in terms of what they are sharing with their partner. So it's incredibly important to let our partners know what our internal experience of this is. You might decide to do this by writing a letter. If you have had a specific event replay over and over again that has happened, where they maybe said something to your in-laws that was not what you wanted shared, then it's important for you to write this letter and to let them know I've been having this event play over and over again, and I need to share this with you so that you can hear and understand where I'm coming from. You might also decide to set a boundary around this with your partner and really connect it to what it is that you think and feel inside. So Alicia, thinking about what you shared today, the statement could sound something like this. Hey love, I know you like to talk to your parents and they have so much experience to offer. When you do, I start to doubt that you and I are in this together and that my wishes are not as valued. I need us to keep this specific issue between the two of us. This is a boundary statement. You are sharing something clearly and concisely, and you're talking about what you feel and what you need. Now, the other thing to consider in this dynamic is, is there a certain type of information that you don't want shared? And how can we talk about this? So one offering might be to ask each other, how would you feel five years from now having told our parents this? If it's something small, like your decision for the holidays or not wanting to have Sunday night dinners at a certain time, then perhaps this is something to go into. But perhaps there is something personal or it's to do with your finances or your health or your relationship, your intimacy. These are some things that you may not want to be shared with your in-laws or vice versa if it's you sharing it with your family. Asking yourself that can be a really powerful question. How will we feel five years from now having told my parents or their parents this? So then the next question would be for you to explore what the specific topics are that you want to keep just between the two of you. Are those things like sex, finances, your parenting decisions, maybe even the disagreements and arguments that you have in the tough moments? Again, by identifying what these topics are, then you are going inwards and saying, these are things that I don't feel comfortable having out there. 
Now, this leads me to the next piece, which is considering your partner. So I'm wondering if we go into the context of your partner's life, what does sharing with their family do for your partner? What does it give them? There are so many avenues to explore with this one. So maybe I'll suggest some common ones that could be seen here. One could be something around reassurance seeking. Your partner feels shaky and is used to seeking that reassurance from their parents. The other one could be that they are afraid of making the wrong choice. Self-doubt is a huge one. Is there fear and worry for your partner? Ask them what they fear and ask them what they need. And I'm wondering, was your partner ever allowed to make mistakes as a child? And if not, maybe you can work through this together and remind your partner that it is okay to make mistakes and to not know for certain how things are going to go. I also wonder if your partner needs to be seen and valued by their parents. Is your partner still stuck trying to get validation from their parents? Or maybe there is the fear of taking a different path from their parents. This exploration and curiosity with your partner is important. Here, we are going underneath the why of their behavior. What drives them to do this? Now, when we're exploring this with them, we want to make sure that we don't shame them for this behavior. Only you and your partner can decide what is wrong or right in your relationship. But if it's not working for your relationship, then we want to take a look at it. And it doesn't make your partner bad to want to go to their parents, but because this is a relationship-specific issue and a family-specific issue, that you want to have these conversations and prepare yourself moving forward. I like to remind my couples this. When you commit yourself to a relationship, whether you have a child or not, whether you're married or not, you are in a committed relationship. What you have decided to do is you have decided to leave your family each of you, to create your own new united front team and your own family. And it doesn't mean that we abandon our families or our values. It simply means that I'm going to now prioritize our relationship before bringing in other people, that we are now our own inner circle. And one of the most important things that I know I've heard from our own relationship that I've also said with other couples that I've worked with is that we must put our family first. And that's incredibly important. When having this conversation with your partner and exploring this tricky issue, I think it's really important that we consider what is the cultural experiences or the norms in your partner's family. They might have grown up sharing everything, or they might have had a parent that pulled for all of this. Or if we think of different cultures, how for some cultures, they do have the grandmother at the head of the family that is connected and in the know of all of the information. So I want to offer this here and remind you of this so that we go into navigating this experience with removing the need to find what is right or wrong. Instead, it's about you and your partner now finding what is going to work for the two of you. And the other thing I want to add in here is if you look at the dynamic between your partner and their parent, is it that they are sharing willingly? Are they looking just to have a sounding board? So that is information going out. Or is information being pulled? Is your mother-in-law pulling for that information from your partner? Do they, do they seek to be in your relationship and find out more information? This could speak to whether the sharing is something that your partner needs or if it's being directed from the head of the family or from your mother-in-law. 
So going back to Alicia's question, and for you listening who might also be struggling with the same thing, let's talk about how we can navigate this. First, it's so important to identify what your boundaries are around what you want to be shared with others and what you don't. First, figure out what those boundaries are for yourself. What topics do you need to keep just between the two of you? And be sure to let your partner know that this isn't about taking away their confidant or the person who supports them. It's about the what type of support they are seeking. So come together sitting at the table and agree on what are the things we're willing to share with other people who are safe people for us. The timing of sharing is also something really important. If something hasn't been discussed between the two of you, then it probably shouldn't be shared with your parents first. You and your partner need to decide on how you want to navigate them. You get to decide the timing of when you share something with other people. Here's the other thing. If one partner is not comfortable with what is being shared with other people, or you find yourself lying about what you are sharing, then you need to seriously consider not sharing with those people. Now, here's the thing. I am talking about a healthy and safe relationship that does not have emotional or physical abuse. If there is any kind of gaslighting or emotional or physical abuse, then it is important that we have trusted people that we can go to to help us navigate this difficult relationship. This is a conversation around a relationship that is safe. Ultimately, we do want to have support. And now the question is about who are the people that I can turn to for support? Which brings me to my last part, and that is that we all need to find a healthy outlet that feels good for each person. I think one of the errors we make in relationships today is that we think our partner can be our everything for us. The sexual partner, the best friend partner, the confidant. There is this myth that our partners can give us everything that we need. I don't believe this to be true. So I do believe that having an objective person outside of us that we can trust and share difficult things with that is not our partner is healthy. This person might be a friend who can remain objective to the relationship, or maybe it is a therapist. Now, what happens if our in-laws or parents come to us wanting to know information from us, or we're navigating a difficult upcoming event? Here are four things I want you to consider to help you be a strong, united front. One, before sharing something, make sure that you and your partner are on the same page. Some people will actually talk about a difficult experience coming up in a family event that will help them prepare for how they want to respond. Two, respond using we when you're sharing decisions. So this, for example, with Alicia, you want to make sure that your partner is not saying, well, Alicia decided it is a we experience that lets our parents know that we are connected and united and that they can't split us or scapegoat any person. If a parent is trying to get you into that triangulation position or even scapegoating your partner, make sure you stand up for them. They come first. Make sure you have your boundaries clear and let them know what is and isn't okay. Last, remind yourself that it is not your responsibility to navigate your partner and their parents' relationship. I think this one is so important that oftentimes we come in with our own hopes and expectations of what a family, an in-law family could look like, and we can't control that. So remember that they already had their dynamic before you joined the family and that it's important that you avoid criticizing your partner's parents and that it's okay to complain about things, but to not attack the people who raised your partner. 
Okay, let's talk about three things that I want you to take away from today's podcast. First, go inwards and ask yourself, what is triggering about this for me? What is at the core of this? Is, is it about not trusting my partner? Is it about not trusting our bond? Have there been things that have happened in the past between us that are affecting how I feel about this today? Two, identify the challenges that could be coming up in the relationship with everybody. Is this going to work in the long term? Or could it be that you become the scapegoat or there's an example of triangulation? Three, have a conversation with your partner. Identify the topics that feel good for you and your partner to share with other extended family members or have situations set up so that you and your partner agree that you talk about these kinds of things first and then you share your decisions with your other family members. As we wrap up, I want to emphasize just how hard navigating our relationship with our partner can be while also trying to navigate relationships with extended family members. So many things show up for couples that oftentimes we don't feel prepared for. I would love to work with you more if you find yourself struggling to connect with your partner. You can work with me in my online program, Be Connected, so that you can look at your partner and remember why you said yes why you chose to spend your life together, work through hard moments and family challenges side by side, and be able to say to each other, we got this. Come home and not fear having the next fight or getting the cold shoulder. Have meaningful discussions with each other that do not devolve into blame and hurt. To find out more about Be Connected, join me at drtracyd.com. Until next time, remember that you are right where you need to be. Remember this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. Until next time, take good care of you. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.